Have the Dallas Cowboys finally figured out a solution at cornerback? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked, 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 locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. Let's thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Lana McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, it's a condensed week this week. We're going to do questions plus all 22 notes today. But how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, we don't want to waste a bunch of time. We will have plenty of time in the offseason after we win the Super Bowl to uh, go over these games uh, in, in more depth. But sure. uh, I'm excited to be here. Let's let's get right into it. Yeah, uh, let's get to our first question. A lot of people want to know about Israel Makamu, who played yeah. – in the slot a lot in this game. So the question from Carl, how do you think Israel Makamu played against San Francisco? Excuse me, against Tampa Bay. <laughs> We're already on to San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, Makamu had a very, very difficult assignment. You know, this was this he hadn't played a ton of corner this year. You know, I think that they had rotated him in, um, kind of doing some slot work stuff at, at different packages. And they knew that this was always part of his repertoire and I think part of the reason that they really liked him at safety was the ability to kind of reduce him down to play uh some more slot receiver but it, it definitely was a difficult assignment um but I thought that he played beautifully I mean honestly I thought it was a really great schematic adjustment to uh kind of help out uh the coverage inside you knew that you're going to be facing a lot of of Godwin and, and you knew that uh you know we were all kind of on the outside trying to solve the third cornerback problem by figuring out who's going to play that outside receiver. We thought, okay, we'll move Bland inside like they have been recently. They'll rotate somebody else out, whether that's Xavier Rhodes, whether that's Wright, whether that's Joseph, uh, and they'll try to figure out ways to work it that way. The Cowboys opened up the whole box and thought of it in, in, in a very creative way. They kept Bland on the outside where he also plays very well, moved uh, Mukamu inside the, the nickel slot spot, which – allowed him not only to kind of keep things uh, uh, you know, comfortable uh, in coverage against whoever he was facing, and, and maybe that's not something you would do against a, a more water bug slot receiver, right? But against someone like Chris Godwin, where he, he matched up very physically well, uh, it was a huge benefit not only in the pass game, in the coverage game, but also in the run game. And having that extra big body, you know, Javon, yeah. Duran Kirst type player, uh, in the Bigger. slot just gave you yeah he gave you more uh, uh, size uh, to handle uh, the short passing game to rally to to tackle uh, and I think it ultimately was a really great game plan they I think they ended up using him there like on 30 like third just over 30 snaps uh, they did rotate in uh, roads to kind of uh, mitigate it a little bit but just using that as kind of their main mix-up I thought was a really really smart uh, uh, wrinkle that really kind of threw Tampa for a loop it seemed like and I think it's here to stay, to be honest with you, because you look at the matchup this week, and we're not going to get too far ahead, but Makamu is not going to be the best in terms of shutting guys down, right? But where he can help you is by limiting Yak, right, and helping in the run game. And against San Fran, those guys can make plays after the catch. So if you could have one of these bigger, longer guys to help make tackles, it might be worth giving up 
some of these underneath routes in order just to avoid giving up bigger plays down the field. So I, I don't know. What do you think we're going to see a lot of Makamu in the slot next week as well? Yeah. I mean, I think it certainly is going to be part of the plan for sure. I think that they'll mix it up. I mean, look, yeah. I, I think, you know, again, not to get too far ahead, but San Francisco is going to mix up what they do a ton. And, and that's why I think the Cowboys are actually a decent matchup because of that. They can, uh, they can, you know, put different alignments on the line of scrimmage. They can align these guys in the back in different ways to kind of match up with the personnel. The thing you have to worry about with San Francisco is their personnel. And so yeah. we'll see exactly how well they configure their defensive backfield to make sure that they tackle quickly and, and limit yak opportunities. I will say, um, this is a good adjustment by Dan Quinn. Obviously, the, the, it, it messed with Tampa Bay a little bit. I don't love Deron Bland on the outside. I think he's a better slot than an outside corner. I, I, I thought he struggled at least agreed. a little bit in this game. Yeah, I, I, I saw somebody tweet. I can't remember who it was. that They thought that he was the second best defender on the field, and uh, no I disagree. I thought that was this was Bland's not worst game, but not one of his better games. No. Um, and, and I think he definitely seemed more comfortable on the inside than on the outside. Not to Look, say he had I, a bad game because he no, didn't have no, a no, bad no. game, but he's just so much more comfortable inside playing the slot where he has a size advantage usually over the slot receivers. I agree. Yeah. And I think he, he plays that position well. That's why I think you're going to see a lot of variety. I mean, I think because, you know, to match San Francisco and because I think that's the best way to kind of mitigate all of this you don't ex- overexpose Rhodes on the outside you don't overexpose bland on the outside you don't overexpose mcquamo on the inside i think rotating it around and cha- changing the looks up will will provide the best opportunities for everybody uh back to mcquamo really quickly yeah why didn't we see this more at really any point in the season because from week 10 on he never played more than seven defensive snaps in a game i i, I think that they really are committed to trying to make him a safety. I mean, I, I, they are really are committed to, you know, him kind of taking over that that curse role eventually. I would assume. Um, I, I, you know, I think that they we didn't see this earlier because I mean, as much as we haven't wanted to admit this, the Cowboys have pretty decent depth at co- the cornerback position. It took two of their starting corners to get injured to even get put into the situation where we thought. Fair. Uh, yeah, you, know, you had to rotate these guys in, and and honestly, the reason that I think that McQuamu wasn't the first choice here is because you still hadn't seen a lot of Joseph and a lot of Wright, so this was an opportunity for those guys who play that position naturally to get those chances. Uh, and then when it came down to all right, well, let's figure out what works, uh, you, you put a guy back at a position that he played in college, and 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 you know, lo and behold, he plays it pretty well. So I, I think it, I think it was just kind of all the trial and error figuring out what you have in your personnel. Yeah, I mean, they were rotating a lot of different names in at the end of the season at corner, right? Between Kelvin Joseph, Nation Wright, who was a healthy scratch. Um, we saw Trayvon Mullen. We saw Mackenzie Alexander. He had Xavier Rhodes this week. So they, they might have just been throwing something against the wall, hoping it sticks, and maybe they found a unit that works. You know, you needed Mukamu for a lot of special team stuff. You had kind of some not injured but banged up safeties at different points, so you don't necessarily want to, like – move McQuamu around a lot while Curse is kind of dealing with an yep. MCL. So maybe it was just wasn't something they were willing to try until this last week, and they're like, hey, this kind of works. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the the Cowboys offensive line playing them, but really quickly before the, we do that, do we want to – are we allowed to pat ourselves on the back of the show? Let's sure. Out, right? Absolutely. Um, I, I thought when we were talking about Nation right and the inactives, it reminded me that Neville Gallimore was inactive uh, against Tampa Bay, which – 
we kind of thought would be the case. And I, I've got to wonder this week against San Francisco. I don't see how he's active this week either, right? Because how does he help you against the 49ers? You know, it's we're doing our best, guys, not to look look too far ahead of this, this 49ers game. But I think in, especially this week, the place to attack the San Francisco 49ers offense is right in the middle of their def- offensive line. And, and, and to me, I'm, I no offense to Gallimore, but I'm not wasting any of these snaps on Gallimore, especially with the way the rest of these defensive tackles are playing right now. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we should talk about that really quickly from the all yeah. 22 notes. I mean, just Carlos Watkins had a really good game. This might've been the best game I've seen. Oso Digizuba play in his yep. life. Jonathan Hankins got back for the first time since his injury. He played 20 snaps. Um, I thought he was got fine. A sack. Got a sack, I mean, got a sack, which is sack. crazy. Yeah, uh, he was fine. Uh, and yep. then Chauncey Golston continues to, to find ways to make plays. I just don't know how someone like Gallimore or Bohana helps you with this team that you're playing this week or the team that you played last week. I, I think Bohana may have may have some opportunities to help you simply because he's another big body against a team that will probably want to run the football. And especially considering you have a short week, maybe he's a guy that you can get in to kind of help with some of your snaps. But the problem is, is that like at the expense of who, like, because that, the that right now Bohana is he's just not athletic enough against a team that wants to run a lot of like wide that's zone true. stuff. That's that may be true. I still think that there is some value in having some defensive you know, run stoppers personnel outside of Hankins on the field. But okay. I, I, I don't disagree in the fact that it's kind of hard to assemble a 53-man roster that he's on it just simply because the defensive line depth right now is as good as it's ever been. I love the group that they put out there at Tampa Bay. Every single player on that ro- on that defensive line helps you in some way. Yeah, uh, so I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of, and again, you have to remember that it, the defensive tackle position is being cobbled together by a combination of Hankins, Odigizua, uh, Golson, uh, you know, and then Watkins, and then on top of that, all the other defensive ends that reduce down and, and rush from yeah. that stance. So, yeah, I, I think that they're going to want to use a bunch of different front looks. That's maybe why they end up bringing Bohana in in case they want to have like a two down lineman look and then, you know, a bunch of linebackers or second level players. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's going to be tough to make this 50 man, three man roster because it's a, it's a, it's a good unit. We'll say it's not super ideal that a third round pick from each of the last three drafts, Jalen Tolbert, uh, nation, Wright, Neville Gallimore, all inactive in a playoff game. It's- you got a pretty good roster though. <laughs> like yeah, that's that's, that's the thing is that it's easy to get upset about the the end result, but the context there is that you've got one of the best rosters in football, and and you've got a whole bunch of young players playing really good. There's just not a ton of room at the end right now. Fair part. Uh, all right, let's talk about the offensive line, Lena. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Ultimate Football GM app. You heard us talk about this mobile game app before, and I can't tell you how much fun I've had competing against. Some of our fellow lockdown hosts. It's really, really fun. Uh, now it's your turn to compete. Uh, more on this later. But if you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, well, your dream has come true, as this game is definitely for you. You're going to manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through seasons, and lead your team to glory, trying to build a dynasty. With the Ultimate Football GM app, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your team by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and all in the draft and all the ups and downs of the season. 
all of this in a realistic but challenging game world. The Ultimate Football GM map is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want to. And now you can compete against your favorite Locked On shows like me. You can play against me in the league. Oh, no. The Ultimate Football GM app will be hosting a special competition where you can win amazing monthly prizes. So stay tuned for details in an upcoming episode. Do want to let you know that Locked On Cowboys listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On at the game store. That is locked on all in caps, so make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app store. That is ultimate-gm.com, ultimate football GM. Start your dynasty today. Y'all take it easy on Marcus, all right? Don't, yeah. don't, don't, you know, don't, don't beat up on him too much in that ultimate GM game, all right? Uh, <laughs> let's get to uh, some more questions. Uh, Goran wants to know, how did Connor McGovern play overall having to make that switch from fullback to left guard. You just don't see that very often. <laughs> it's not a common position switch, especially in game. Um, I thought he played fine. You know, he, I think it was a, it was a tough ask. I mean, you know, look, he's been playing at left guard uh, the whole season. Uh, so he, he knew what he was doing, but to kind of be dropped in like that against Vita Vea and, 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 and Akeem Hicks, uh, it was a physical, difficult matchup for, for both him and Biotish. Uh, they got thrown around a lot, uh, but they also battled and 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 were able to do just enough. A lot of on a lot of there were so many different snaps where they were hanging on for dear life, and it was working. You know, like they like they 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 okay, you got just that last little push of Vita, and it was enough to just delay him enough to get let Dak get the ball off. It, it was a lot of that, and and I felt like. You know that's all you can ask for at this at this yeah. point. You know you, you're going to have superstars on all these teams, and you're not going to have superstars at every position. When you're you know kind of down roster players get an opportunity to go against another team's best player, you know getting some wins here and there is is good enough, and that's and that's fantastic. And I thought that for what it was for having to come into the game halfway and kind of not necessarily taking a full load of starter snaps during the practice week. Uh, I thought McGovern came in and played much better left guard than, frankly, he played at fullback, I have to say. Uh, I thought between McGovern and Biotish, Biotish was clearly the weaker player of the two in this game. I, I think he had the tougher assignment, to be honest. They I were mean, clearly not, just yeah, lining. What would you say? He's yeah, not healthy. Well, yeah. Uh, he's not healthy, but I will say I was surprised how well he was moving around. For like, There was definitely a couple different snaps where – he was actually the pulling uh, lineman on the outside, and he was able to get out there without any kind of, uh, you know, discomfort looking in his, his body. He didn't look yeah. like he was moving slowly. So uh, he may not have quite the power that he had before the injury, uh, or at least on Sunday, but at least it's not limiting his movements and uh, too much, it doesn't seem. Yeah, those guys are going to be in for a handful this week against San Francisco's yep. front. Uh, we should mention Jason Peters, and I'm just bummed that Jason Peters got mm-hmm. hurt in this game. It's probably going to miss... I don't know. It sounds like he would miss up until the Super Bowl if the Cowboys would happen to get there with a hip injury. Because I thought he was playing really he well was. at left tackle. And it's it just I there's a chance that with the offensive line that they finished with is just a better combination going forward because Tyler Smith plays better at left tackle than left guard. Um but it it's tough not to have the flexibility now, the option to go back to Jason Peters at left tackle if you need to, if there's an injury. Because, again, I thought he was playing really well. 
Uh, yeah. We, look, we we also cannot get out of this segment without talking about Tyler Smith too. Yeah, I mean, we'll get. You mentioned we'll it. Get okay, good. Uh, but Peters, yeah, I thought before he, before the injury was looking really spry, was moving well. They actually had him pulling and like going out and leading yeah. power runs and everything, and and he looked spry for forty year old as as a forty something forty something year old man. I, he looked very spry. Uh, so I, I, I thought that, that he looked really well. It really, really was a total bummer when he got injured simply because of what you said. He was playing really well. And I thought that honestly, and maybe this is your segue. I thought that Tyler Smith played fantastic at left guard when he was in there. And, yeah. and, and I thought that that was kind of closer to what we have been expecting from Tyler Smith at left guard, uh, at different points. So, uh, that was incredibly positive. Uh, and then, you know, obviously after Peters got injured, Tyler had to slide out to left tackle and he looked excellent at that as well so um i'm just gonna throw this out like that was an incredibly impressive uh uh, performance by tyler smith to be able to go in there practice the whole week at left guard uh and then being forced mid-game to go back out and play left tackle again and and frankly play it play left tackle better than jason peters was even playing it so uh tyler smith was the the difference is what do you like better Jason Peters at left tackle or Connor McGovern at left guard. No, yeah, that's why you. That's why you have. Exactly. That's why they started the way they did, right? Yeah, exactly. It, it makes. I. I definitely am on board if everyone's healthy with Peters being the left tackle and, and Tyler Smith being guard. That that wasn't a poor decision, but it was just incredible to see Tyler Smith play great at guard and then slide out and play even better at tackle. And and, I and honestly, I, I mean, I think this is a tall, tall thing to say considering who all was on the field. Tyler Smith was the best offensive lineman on that field on, on Sunday. And that includes Zach Martin, Ty, Tyron Smith, Tristan Worfs, whoever you want to include. Tyler Smith was the best offensive lineman who played in that game. I mean, it's it's not a particularly strong. I mean, uh, uh, like a bold take because according to PFF, that's exactly the way they graded out. Tyler Smith was awesome in this game. I do want to mention Tyron Smith because yes, this was clearly had- the best game that he's played at right tackle. And you kind of expect that, right? Now that he's a month into the season, he's got you know five games under his belt playing right tackle. Thought he looked really good. Again, I don't, I don't want to talk about San Fran yet, but if Nick Bosa is going to be lining up on that side, I feel pretty good having somebody with Tyron's power and length playing that right tackle spot. Yeah, I mean, I think he definitely looked a hundred percent more comfortable, specifically in the run game. You know, making some of those hard backside cutoff steps with his left foot as opposed to his right foot as he's used to, uh, you know, having a strong inside hand, uh, you know, just kind of getting used to that. And just really kind of continuing, continuing his work with Zach Martin and their, yeah. uh, their combinations together. Yeah. It just looks like he's more and more comfortable. Uh, and this is back to, uh, you know, pass protection at a level that was uh, on par with where Terrence Steele was. The run game is still, uh, is still kind of, you know where where there there's improvement to be made, but I think like the 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 jumps that Tyron is making week to week are noticeable. Uh, one more note on the offensive line: we are getting to a scary spot at the tackle spot now with with mm. injuries, right? And depth. Like if Tyler Smith is going to be starting at left tackle and Tyron Smith is starting at right tackle, do you realize now that you've lost your third, fourth, and fifth offensive tackle due to injury. Terrence Steele, who was your starter at right tackle. Jason Peters, who was starting at left tackle. Matt Willetsko, who you drafted, who was on this roster to be a swing tackle. All of those guys are gone. Now it's Josh Ball and Avante Collins, who are one snap away from playing. It is a little scary, just got to say. 
Josh Ball played better football the last time we, the last few times we've seen him play, than, uh, as opposed I do to not want to see what him. Was it? At yeah, all. no, I'm not. I'm not trying to put him out there. Uh, and then obviously uh, Collins is the other guy that they they have some snaps there that uh, that has some NFL experience. But yeah, this is definitely not a situation that you're wanting to get into at this point. No. Um, so but it yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully you just make it through these next two games. Next, three there's games. only three games left in the season, yeah. right? Like. That's right. This, this is what happens. So yeah. uh, let's take one more break before we talk about the uh, other receivers on this roster, not named CeeDee Lamb. But before we do that, we want to let you know about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to basketball to baseball season, which is coming up in a little bit. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. It's always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Landon, let's talk about the other receivers not named CeeDee Lamb uh, because they had a pretty big game. I thought this was probably the best we've seen Michael Gallup look uh, over the last couple of months. T.Y. Hilton getting more involved in the offense. How do you think those guys played? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before the game. It was going to be really important that those backside receivers, the alternate receivers outside of CeeDee Lamb, were going to need to have a big game or at least uh, be able to uh, show up at the moments that you needed them to, and they did. Uh, I thought it was really great to see Michael Gallup playing closer and closer to 100%. Um, he's, he's, he starts to see him gaining separation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's elevating and hanging like he did before that that whole Michael Jordan uh, catch along the sideline was that was classic MG. I mean, just how, how he stays up in the air that long, I don't know. Um, honestly, to me, though, the most promising thing about all of that was seeing by the end of the game the timing and placement uh, between Dak and uh, Gallup on their slants because that to me, it schematically is enormous. Because now, previous to this, like we've seen it, that they just really struggled to get on the same page. Dak will overthrow it. It'll come out late. It, Michael Gallup can't catch the ball when it gets to him. Mm-hmm. What you're seeing now is, and at least two or three of these in the game, they had they had third and five or third and four. Gallup makes a quick slant inside. Gallup, uh, Dak puts it right on his belly, and it's an easy first down. And and having that there, when, you, when the defense is completely uh, – uh, have, has their minds separated over here to 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 look at CD Lamb, uh, having that ability for Gallup to break open and and, and create separation and and create that al- alternate opportunity to convert on third downs. That's mm-hmm. just that's just you know now you're not having to solely rely on CD Lamb to win one on one coverage. You're not you know having to rely on Ty Hilton to to catch the deep ball. Now you have that reliable hands catcher, the body control catcher that Michael Gallup was previously uh, that can get you some of those third downs when there's a lot of focus elsewhere. And that's, you know, that's going to be absolutely huge going down the stretch if that can continue. I agree. I would also say having Dalton Schultz play the game that he did is really (laughs) encouraging because it wasn't just run seven yards, turn around, catch the ball. It was, throwing down the sideline with a guy literally on his back and Dak drops the ball over his shoulder, right? It's uh, on a breakdown in coverage where he, you know, or Dak is getting outside the pocket and finding Dalton Schultz in the end zone. Like if Dalton Schultz can be that type of weapon uh, in this game and moving forward, 
Cowboys offense is going to be really hard to stop because those are two guys in Schultz and CeeDee Lamb that both can win with route running, can both win with quickness, and they're both pretty reliable receivers. It's going to be tough to stop this Cowboys offense moving forward. We're trying to have a conversation about all of the ancillary parts because we know everyone is going to be talking about Dak. Everyone is going to be talking about Micah Parsons games. Those are those obviously incredible yes. games, huge ports. I do want to point out really quickly the return of off-script Dak and how important that is to this offense as well. And, and that very much ties into what you're talking about. Schultz and Gallup are your off-script off warriors. Those are yeah. the guys that Dak is looking for when he's breaking the pocket because those are the guys who have great body control, are big targets, and the fact that the, both of those guys are operating at high level now greatly opens up that, yeah. that aspect of the game. And again, it just provides another opportunity for Dak to get out of the pocket and be dangerous. We should also mention with Dak really quickly. This was the first game where there was no restrictions on him running the ball, right? Yeah. Like it was clear if he had an opening, he was going to take off. He made some big plays in the game with his legs, not only yes. just the touchdown, but there was a third down that he scrambled and got. There was another time where it's like a third and six and he got five yards and they were able to yeah. go for it on fourth down. That's going to be really key moving forward because if if San Fran or whoever you play in the rest of the way of the playoffs – has to be worried and conscious about his legs. It's going to open up more throws down the field, more guys breaking open late. You can't just rush everybody and not keep a spy open. Um, just, just really nice to see. Yeah, I mean, Dak has always been good about navigating the pocket and, and, and avoiding contact in the pocket, avoiding sacks. This is a different thing. Bro. This is getting yes. out of the pocket, whether it's to create to create chunk plays with your legs or to just change the passing uh, windows to create passing opportunities down the field, which we saw with uh, Schultz's, I think, second touchdown, right? And and with yes. Gallup's and with Gallup's uh, uh, touchdown along the end zone, right? It's it's just finding ways to kind of break free from the pocket, uh, uh, change the angles in which the defense is, uh, you know, trying to coordinate between themselves and and the receiver, uh, and and then getting the ball, delivering the ball to receivers who are presenting themselves, making themselves open. I love that little subtle move that Schultz made inside, not too far inside because you don't want Dak throwing all the way back across his body, just enough that when Dak got to the sideline, all the defenders went to the sideline anticipating that he that, that was, they were closing his passing window. Schultz steps right back away from the sideline, just a, just a step to create a little bit of separation. Dak puts it right on there for a touchdown. That's the kind of stuff that the yes. Cowboys need to continue to have when they get off script, create big plays. Absolutely. Especially against a good defense like this, like right against oh. the, the San Francisco 49ers. You've got to create opportunities that the 49ers are not going to normally allow you to create. Break out of the pocket, break out of the pursuit, find new angles, find new w windows, find new ways to win. And the 49ers run a lot of zone. So sometimes you just yeah. need to hold the ball and make get outside the pocket and let the zone break down before you make a play. Uh, should be really, really encouraged with not only how Dak played in this game against zone coverage, but also you go back to the Eagles game yeah. on Christmas Eve. Looked at the numbers before we came on. 24 of 24 for 300 yards and three touchdowns against zone coverage in that game. That's what he, they're going to need to do to, to beat the number one ranked defense next week. Uh, we've got a busy rest of the week tomorrow. We've got the Lockdown crossover with uh, the guys with Lockdown 49ers. I'm sure they're going to be real excited about this game. Looking forward <laughs> to that. Uh, Landon, you and I jumping back on Friday to preview this game. Uh, but want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Cowboys today your first listen. 
For your second listen, check out the Lockdown NFL podcast, bringing you the local insights you love to the national spotlight with daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories. I wonder if Cowboys 49ers counts as biggest NFL story this week. Hmm, maybe. maybe. They, they, someone may be mentioning some uh, some of the 90s uh, matchups. I don't know. That may come up. Who knows? By the way, this is the ninth playoff meeting between the Cowboys and 49ers, most of any uh, matchup in NFL playoff history. So pretty, pretty cool. Uh, Locked on NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Go uh, check out our show on YouTube, Locked on Cowboys over there. Go follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. Enjoy your Wednesday. We'll see you guys next time.